For the past few seasons, the New Orleans Saints have dealt with a plethora of injuries at wide receiver, but they've done a good job of adding young talent, maybe bringing in some raw but potential pack players, and also bringing in a familiar face in Michael Thomas. Is that enough for the Saints wide receiver core going into 2023, or do they need to make more adjustments to that depth chart? We'll talk about it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back into another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. And this podcast is sponsored by the Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. You, they're located at 918 Poydre Street by the Superdome. And you can give them a call at 504-523-5413. That's Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. So we're talking about wide receivers on this podcast. And it's only fitting that we have a fan favorite and former Saints wide receiver on the pa- uh, podcast, another member of Buku Media, Lance Moore. Uh, Lance, how's everything going, man? Excellent. You see me? I'm repping my hometown now, San Diego State, as the Aztecs are getting ready to uh, play in the Final Four. But we obviously have had a lot of good news, I would say, as far as our Saints go, and I'm excited to talk all about it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I'll be fair. I'm kind of a spur of the moment type of guy. And you mentioned the San Diego uh, State shirt. Obviously, incredible run for what they've done this year. Um, I'm, I'd imagine you watched the game Sunday. If so, how much were you sweating those final minute of the game? You know what? I, I was listening to the game because we were at the beach with my family um, and we just coincidentally happened to be in the car. And, I, you know, obviously I'm turning it up. My kids are yelling and screaming in the back seat, And I'm like, man, I can't hear the game. I'm like, you guys need to be quiet so I can hear what's going on. Uh, but just such an awesome victory for them. Um, the program has never been to the Final Four before, so the city is a buzz. Um, and and you know why why does this have to be the end, right? We play a, a Florida Atlantic team that obviously is pretty hot right now, but why not win this game and go play for a national championship? That's where my mind is, and I'm assuming that's where those guys' mind are as well. Yeah, and you mentioned never been to a Final Four. It's the only stat that I heard throughout this tournament that kept baffling me because I've been a huge college basketball fan for years, and I remember watching so many teams they've had, even going back to with Kawhi Leonard, and you'd be like, how did this program not make it there? But we'll see what happens. going to be exciting. Now, you mentioned before, a lot of stuff to talk about with the Saints. Actually, a signing earlier this week on Monday that was official, bringing in Brian Edwards, played for the Raiders. That's where he was drafted. Spent brief time with the Falcons and Chiefs this past season. Wasn't exactly from a statistical standpoint, what you want to see in terms of a what have you done for me lately type of league like the NFL is. But in his second year with the Raiders, over 570 receiving yards, he obviously has a connection there with Derek Carr. And we're talking about a former third-round pick, so the potential is there. I know this isn't the move that maybe someone starts slamming down on the table and saying, like, this is the steal of free agency, this changes everything. But what do you think about bringing in a guy like Brian Edwards who definitely has the potential? Maybe the production hasn't been on par just yet, but he definitely gives them a little bit more depth to the receiver position. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a depth move. Um, it's, it's, It's somebody that obviously has had numbers in the league, but hasn't had those consistent type numbers. Um, but anytime a guy has over 500 yards in the season, that tells you that the guy can play. Um, it's, it's not a situation where, hey, we're signing this guy. He has to come in. He has to be our number one receiver. That's not the case with this team. We, we are signing quality depth type guys. He's a big physical receiver, got strong hands, runs decent routes, can run a little bit. And I would even imagine he's a guy that's going to play a little bit of special teams as well because Chris Olave is not playing much special teams. 
Rashid Shaheed, other than returning kicks, is not playing much special teams. Obviously, we know Traquan has been a guy that's played special teams a lot throughout his career, but to have another guy that can get in there, and it's it's good for the receiver group, right, when you have guys that do multiple things, because if you've got receivers that are also playing special teams, that means usually you're going to have an extra receiver up for the games. And in a league where the numbers are so important on Sundays, right, like everybody thinks it's like college football where you've got 100 guys dressed for the game, when in actuality, there's 47 guys that are dressed, right? And, and it's, it's, it sounds like a lot, but then you look down on the sideline and there's like, where, where is everybody? Like 47 guys is not a lot of guys, especially when you think of there's 22 starters on offense and defense and you throw in a couple specialists, five or six people, that's 27. So that means you've got 20 other guys total that are dressed for games. So in order to have five or six receivers up, the last two or three receivers have to play special teams. And I think that's something that Brian Edwards is going to you know, avoid that he's going to fill, which will allow us to have extra depth on, you know, on the roster for game days. Yeah, and you mentioned being able to do different things. And I can say this speaking from experience as a Saints fan, knowing how much of a comfort it was going into Sundays, knowing that my favorite team's got, you know, that do-it-all guy in Colston, a guy in Lance Moore who can just dominate in the slot, and then obviously Henderson and Meacham with the speed. As a player, do you see it that way too? I'm curious from your perspective, Lance, when you guys went into those games and, and had that deep receiving core, did it ever cross your mind like, man, no, this guy's got that part under control. This guy's got that. This is going to be my area uh, where I'm going to dominate. Have you guys, do you guys think about that or is that not something that really crosses your mind when you're in the All the time. Lines? No, we think about it. I mean, and it's, it's, it's something that you also think about when a guy goes down, right? Okay, shoot, Colson's down. The three of us got to pick up the slack. And those are conversations that you have. Um, but we always felt like our depth was so good that people aren't going to be able to stop us because they, they can't possibly take everything away from everybody. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that guys think about. Um, you know, the health is, of guys is, is, is paramount, clearly, because if you can't be on the field, you can't help your team, you can't make plays. But, um, yeah, this group is, is – it's funny, like – before last season, it's like, you know, the, the Saints receiving core is is Mike T, and that's about it, right? And then, um, you know, Mike T gets hurt the last couple of years. Last year, it's like, okay, Mike T is back. We signed Jarvis. We drafted Olave. So now, now we've got a, a legit receiving core, um, something to uh, plan for and build from as far as your offense goes. And we hadn't really had that in, in years past, at least the recent years past. Um, but now I'm looking at it as a position of strength for this team. Um, this isn't a position of weakness, one that we are, are searching still for answers at, at the you know, starting level as well as the depth level. I mean, I, I really think that this is um, a really solid group. Um, we saw what Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed are capable of last year. And, and I honestly, I think that that's just kind of scratching the surface as to where those guys can go in their career, if they continue on that kind of upward trajectory, um, you know, Shahid surprised a lot of people last year. It's going to be a lot harder to surprise teams this year um, because teams will have a whole year's worth of film to study and look at the types of plays that he's in on the types of routes that he's really good at. Um, and to be able to game plan for some of those things. Um, Chris Olave, obviously, you know, almost rookie of the year type season, um, I think he should have been the rookie of the year, but, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased. Um, but 
Still, I just I think he's he's going to continue to get better. I think he's going to get stronger. He's going to be able to be more physical um, when he's catching the ball and after the catch, you know, kind of holding on to some of those contested catches. Um, but to to I mean, honestly, like it starts and ends with Mike T, right? I mean, he's the lead dog. It does it doesn't matter if if he comes back and he's 2019 Michael Thomas. Like that to me is not the most important thing. To me, the most important thing is he comes back and he's healthy. Then we can worry about where we go from there. I, I think if he is healthy, he's going to come back and he's going to show that he's still able to dominate. He's still able to make plays. He's still one of the best receivers in the game. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I know the type of person he is. I know the, the work ethic that he has, and he's not ever going to leave any kind of stone unturned as far as his preparation goes. So um, if he's able to come back and be somewhat the Michael Thomas that we once knew, um, I think that this group is going to be even better than what people are already thinking. You mentioned Michael Thomas, and I totally agree. It's not about getting you know 1,700 receiving yards because to your point, it's a different time. Saints don't need one receiver to, to just take up all the production there. But we saw it, and you talked about it, kind of the competitive nature that he has. Look, week one, Michael Thomas, it's kind of hard to deny what he did. Two touchdowns against the Falcons just absolutely dominated their secondary, and you kind of go – Man, that's why the injuries stink because you could tell there's still that fire burning inside that guy. Now, let's say the injuries to the side. How confident are you that like everything starts and kind of finishes with Michael Thomas being the focal point of the offense if we do get that 17-game sample size and not, let's say, two weeks and, and banged up again? If we get a, a pretty good full slate of Michael Thomas, you, you really feel confident like this is the guy that the offense should run through? Uh, I, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily that, right? Because, because it's it's – even in Marcus Colston's best days, right, the offense didn't run through him. He was the lead dog. He got the most targets. He had the most catches. He had the most yards, the most touchdowns. And I think that is kind of the situation that it'll be with my team, right? Because there are a bunch of other guys around that are capable, that are more than capable, that are really, really good receivers, that are really good runners, that are really good playmakers. So I'm not saying he should be the focal point of the offense. I think he's going to be the lead dog as far as the receiver group goes, right? We, we, uh, Alvin Kamara is going to need catches, touches, runs, all those things. Jamal Williams is going to need catches, touches. Uh, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Michael Thomas. I mean, right there, that's seven guys that are going to need touches in order for this offense to get to where it can get to. So I, I can't tell you who's going to be the focal point of the offense. I'm, I'm not sitting in those meetings. Um, I mean, I, th I think that Mike Thomas has shown that he can be that, right? I mean, he's, he's definitely shown in the past that he can shoulder the load. Um, but I think it's better for this offense and for this team if he doesn't have to, right? If the wealth is spread out a little bit so that all these guys are able to get touches and make plays for this team because obviously we all know the more guys that can make plays, the harder it is for the defense to stop them. And I think that's one of the reasons why our offenses way back when were as successful as we were because we had so many weapons. The ball got spread around to a bunch of different guys and the defense a lot of times were reeling, trying to figure out who to stop and where to go and all these different things. So I think that can be the case with this offense coming up in 2023 because of the amount of guys as, as far as playmakers go. And then obviously we've got the offensive line to be able to handle 
you know, creating lanes for the runners, protecting for the quarterback. And then obviously the icing on the cake is finally having a quarterback again that adds legitimacy to that position, um, a, a leader to this offense that, that, you know, obviously has his credentials. And, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit for this offense, honestly. Yeah, and you talked about Chris Olave before. I, I think obviously we're both in agreement here. He's a special talent. You mentioned how you thought, you know, whether or not he should be offensive rookie of the year. The, the, the fact of the matter is he was in the conversation over a thousand yards and to do it with two different quarterbacks too. And there's always that uncertainty where, you know, some people have the situation where it's same quarterback week one to week 17. That wasn't uh, his situation. What do you think's just, is it a matter of, hey, just a couple more pounds getting a little bit stronger for him and he takes that next step? Uh, just watching his game, what, what do you think it is? Do you think it's kind of as simple as, hey, he starts coming down with some of those contested grabs that there really is just, that's the way for him to unlock that next stage uh, of his career? Or there's some other things that you think, all right, Chris can get a little bit better at that, work on this. Um, obviously, like I said, we both think he's a special talent, but what are you looking at in terms of him taking that next leap? So we go from, man, he's good to, man, he's great. And that really changes things. Well, first, it's incredible that that he came in. Obviously, he was drafted in the first round. We moved up to get him. Big-time guy, right? We knew that there was potential there, but we weren't sure when we'd be able to see all of it because we had Mike T. We had Jarvis there. Chris Olave's a rookie. He's not going to be ready. All these different things. He's got injuries around him. The quarterback shuffle, and he's still able to put up a thousand yards. He's basically thrust into the fire as far as the leading receiver goes in his first season. So that in itself is incredible. Um, but as far as his development goes, yeah, I, I think it's a physical thing first with him, right? We we know he's shown that he's got the mental capacity. We've he's shown the the physical traits as far as the speed and getting downfield and coming up with some of those long balls that you know, part of the offense that we were missing for, for several years. Um, but like you said, being able to be physical at the point of the catch, those contested catches, um, yards after catch. Um, there are a lot of times he's catching the ball and falling down or catching the ball, making a move and kind of falling down. I will tell him personally that I don't expect him to be catching the ball and trying to run people over, right? Like I, I totally understood all of the times in my career when the journey was over, right? You don't get paid as a receiver, especially a slight built receiver, a smaller guy to run people over. It's just not part of what we do, right? But I still think that there's meat left on the bone for him as far as some of the plays that he can turn, you know, shorter catches or, or you know, mid-level catches into big time gainers with just a little bit more strength. And that's something that he can add this offseason. And I think he'll continue to add, you know, as he gets a little bit older in his career and he's in the strength program. Um, and that's not to say that he doesn't work hard. Um, some of us are just not blessed with superior size. Um, and, you know, you've got to kind of work to put a little bit of that weight and that muscle on. Yeah. And, and look, you talked about it before. Uh, you kind of start to look at this wide receiver room, obviously night and day between what it was maybe a year or two ago compared to now, and it seems like the pieces are in place. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, for some parts of a fan base, there could be the, you can never have enough weapons. I'm curious from, let's say, the player perspective. When you know you do have the pieces in place, though, but you also understand it's a physical game, guys can go down at any time. Do wide receivers ever think of like, hey, man, we, 
whoever we can add, just keep adding. Like, how do you see this Saints group? Do you feel like, hey, you can add another piece or two? Or do you feel like you got everything you need and maybe they can start to worry at other positions, maybe defensive end, maybe O-line? Like, how do you assess this receiver group for the Saints? Do you feel like they can use one more weapon? Or, or do you feel like, man, I, I don't know where they fit at this point because they have so many options? Uh, I mean, as from a player's perspective, you're not thinking about that. You're, you're <laughs> like, there's too much going on to worry about who's getting signed, who they're bringing in on visits. Like, it's not that's not important. Um, from like kind of a, a general manager's perspective or a front office perspective, I think the more the merrier, right? I mean, it's 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 really, and especially in a 17 game season, it's a war of attrition, and the guys that are able to be available the most as far as your top tier guys, like the better chances you have to have success on the field. So um, knowing that guys could potentially get injured, knowing that you've got a guy or guys that have had injury history, it really wouldn't hurt to add more guys to the mix. Um, Obviously we're in a cap strap situation where we can't just go out and sign anybody. And obviously there's not a, a ton of higher end guys available, but, I remember several situations um, throughout my career where we felt like we had a good receiver group and they continued to bring veteran guys in. Um, and, you know, if, if nothing else, it's going to push guys, right? Because they don't always work out. Bethel Johnson comes to mind first. I don't remember what year it was that we signed Bethel 20, 2007 or 2008, but he was a guy from the Patriots, a blazer, a guy that had Super Bowl passed and like, you know, not to say that guys are freaking out in the in the receiver room, but it was just like, oh, okay, they added another guy. Like, let's let's get back to work. You know, and and so that could be the situation if if we add another veteran guy, or even if we add guys in the draft, right? It's gonna be like, oh wow, like we're still drafting receivers. We got to get on it. We got to continue to work. We got to continue to improve every single day. And it's it's a it's a competitor's sport. So competition is not limited to the game. Right. Competition is is every single day when you wake up trying to create an edge or trying to improve. And so if there's additional guys in that room, especially for the younger guys, right, they, they bring some veteran guys in and they're thinking, you know, the veteran could potentially get some reps over them. Uh, uh-uh. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to handle my work. I'm going to um, learn other positions in the offense as well so that if somebody goes down or if I get an opportunity to show that, hey, I've been an outside guy, but. I can go ahead and slide down into the slot. I can handle that load. Or I'm a guy that they never put on special teams, but here I go. I'm jumping in and special teams and all these periods and showing that I'm ready to take some of these reps. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a good thing for the group. I think that, that, you know, you continue to try to improve you, you try to um, bring guys in that you think can help you and, you know, not to say let the best of the best win, but that's in, in, in reality, that's what it is. You know, the, the cream is going to rise to the top and the guys that are supposed to be there usually will end up there in the end. Yeah, and that, that's a great way of looking at it. There's always this like fascinating debate on Twitter or if to your point, is it the more the merrier or people going, well, there's only one football. Uh, I'm glad to hear it's, you know, at this point, guys are just going in, uh, working as hard as possible when it comes to that type of competition thing. Now, well, I, I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like as a as a player, you can't worry about what the front office right. does. Right. You, you have zero control over that. And that's the thing. One of the things that old Saints receiver coach Curtis Johnson always used to say to us is don't worry about what they're doing upstairs. Like 
you, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to count numbers and figure out roster positions and roster spots and the depth chart. Don't worry about that. Like, because I've seen plenty of times where a guy that's literally at the bottom of the depth chart, as far as the receiver room goes, makes the team. He made enough plays in preseason. Oh, he's, he's great on special teams, but he's the very, very last. He's the 12th receiver out of 12 receivers, but somehow he makes the team. Don't worry about it, right? Control what you can control. And that would be my advice to these guys. Don't worry about what's happening. Like it's, it's, it's not important to you. What's important to you is the work that you put in every single day. That's, as simple as I can put it. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you start worrying about that, does it feel like you almost lose part of the mental battle if that starts happening? 100%. Because then you're worried about the wrong things. Yeah. Like, whoever they sign is, is going to happen regardless of whether you like it or appreciate it or not, you know, like, or if you agree with it. Like, you can be in a position where you're somewhere and you're comfortable, but that comfort doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stay comfortable or that you're going to stay in that position. Right. So it's it's almost good for them to make you a little bit uncomfortable, um, you know, with with there being extra bodies, because that's not going to allow you to, to, you know, to kind of stick in that comfort. You're going to continue to work and continue to try to get better. Yeah, certainly. That, that's great insight there. I'm going to end it on this, Lance. I'm curious. So we talked about this wide receiver room. You also mentioned not just the wide receivers, Juwan Johnson, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, you know, well, we won't know if everyone's going to be healthy during the season, but the luxury is we're talking about this in March. And technically in March, most guys are healthy at this point. Looking at the roster, obviously things have to fall in place. But do you feel confident in saying, on paper, Derek Carr has the weapons he needs to go out and do what they got to do in terms of winning the division, and then whatever happens, happens after that. But on paper, you feel like they have the personnel offensively to, to take control of the South? 100%. 100 like, I, I truly, truly believe... That even last year, I felt like, man, we're, we're, it feels like we're kind of a quarterback away, you know, because there was times then when the offense looked really, really good. But then there was times when the offense was just stale. And I'm not trying to put that totally on the quarterbacks, right? Like, it's, it's, it's not fair to them to just say, hey, it's your fault. Um, I think Pete Carmichael will improve in his second year. I think just, just the fact that we have a quarterback that's going to consistently be the guy, a guy that's got the resume that he's got, a guy that can make plays with his feet as well as his arm, obviously. I just, I, I think that we've got everything as far as what it takes to be a very, very good offense. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're one of the better offenses in the National Football League based on the roster that we have offensively. And then couple that with, you know, obviously having the defense that we have. Um, I think we could truly, I really think we could do something special this year. And with me, the, like the bottom of where we can be in my mind is division champions. Now where we go from there, you know, it's kind of up in the air, but I, I honestly think that like low level goal for this team is to win the division and make it back to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's fair. It's actually a funny thing. Derek Carr talked about how you want ripe players. He was referring to like having mature players as ripe bananas and saying, you look at the Saints team, a lot of guys are ready to win now. Like This isn't a team where you're waiting on a lot of young talent, so it's definitely there. But anyway, Lance, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It was an absolute joy talking about uh, this receiver room. Probably wouldn't be a joy if, let's say, it was a couple years ago and we're like, I don't know who's in what position or not, but talent's certainly there. But uh, it's been an absolute blast. Hope you have a, a great rest of the week, and thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. Let's do it again sometime.
Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. So make sure you guys subscribe to Boo Crew Media's YouTube page. Stay in touch on all platforms. And until then, stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.